this is big bj checking in today's conversation we're gonna have some grown folks talk we're gonna have some grown folks talk right and um if it's possible you know i would like to have a lot of participation by way of comments on this particular conversation right because see today we're going to talk about relationships we're going to talk about infidelity we're going to talk about marriage we're going to talk about black man stepping out black woman stepping out you know that's how we say it in the culture right we don't say cheating necessarily we say stepping out right we're going to have that conversation today and um you know, this is one of the topics I think us as a community we need to have more because we sweep so much stuff under the rug. It's unreal, right? Nevertheless, though, infidelity in marriage and relationships, it's a real thing. Like it's it's a real thing. You know, we can't escape it. It's a real thing. But we're going to have to kind of examine like what is really cheating and like what is it really right what is it really and then we're going to have to examine right we're going to have to take a real look at when it looks like you see a couple in a relationship man and woman right marriage or a very serious committed relationship it seems like that if the man cheats and cheats often the woman is always willing to forgive. She's willing to forgive. She's willing to forget. But it also seems like in black culture, when the woman cheats, all of a sudden, it's a death penalty. It's the wrongest thing in the world. She's a tramp. She's a hoe. So now we got to ask ourselves, right? Because we're in the village, we're in the camp. We got to ask ourselves, why is it so double standard, right? That when a man do it, the woman normally forgives, the family forgives, society forgives when it's the man. But when it's the woman, everybody kind of forgives, but they really don't forget. They bring it up from time to time. You lose your status amongst your family then you lose status amongst those in society it's weird right so being that we have this conversation i'm going to give you guys a scenario right i'm going to give you guys a scenario and um the backdrop of the scenario is going to be the city of detroit um take your pick ford motor company chrysler motor company general motors right this is what we call the big three but in the city of Detroit, it's like a running joke. You know, it's like a joke because we say the women that work at these plants in the Midwest, they have, um, <laughs> we say we say they got two husbands or we say they got two boyfriends. They got the husband at home that they have a real authentic family with. And then they have the husband at the job because when you work at these plants, you know, you have... Um, Man, I mean, it's like women spend so many, well, just men and women, but you spend so many hours a week there. You almost 
with your work family more than you are with your home family. Because by the time you get off work, you did 10 to 12 hours, you probably can come home um, just in time to take a quick shower, watch half a movie and go to sleep. But you don't really have a life with your, you know, your family. But you spend more time alert and, you know, enthusiastic and excited and talking around and vibrant when you're at the job. So I have a female co-worker, right? And um, she's been married 11 years. And um, out of these 11 years, she's been married to a husband that she loved a lot. And she got, uh, they got children together. They got a whole life together, everything. He loves her and she loves him, right? They're a real deal husband and wife couple. Out of the 11 years that they've been married, she has been faithful 10 of those years. Right. You know, not giving any man any attention, blowing everybody off. Uh, she's just been faithful. Just, a, you know, just an old school faithful wife. Right. On the other hand, the spouse, her husband. Over the last 11 years of their marriage, for the first 10 years, it's like it was always some outside woman he was entertaining. Um. You know, let her tell it. It's strippers, it's high school sweethearts he can't let go. It's it's women he meet in passing, you know what I'm saying? And uh this is just how it's working out, right? He has a good job, she has a good job. He treats her excellent, right? But he just like he loves women on the side. That's just his thing, that's his bag, right? Well, on the eleventh year of their marriage, she found a guy at the plant at the job. And, uh, you know, everything starts off with small talk, then it grows, and then one thing happens to, you know, one thing happens, then the next thing happens, and then next thing you know, they are in a, uh, they have a sexual relationship, right? You know. Again, I just want to point your attention to this, though. This is a normal occurrence at any of the big three plants in the midwest period not just detroit this is just like a reoccurring thing and i guess next to this would be like the post office because i heard the same thing goes on when you work at united states post office right everybody got a husband at home but then they got one at the job so while we're having this conversation it's not necessarily about this couple right my co-worker i'm just in general i just want to have the conversation i just want to spread it out make it more broad than what it already is when she gets caught, though, all of a sudden, the husband, he wants to terminate the relationship. He wants to end the marriage. He wants a divorce. And that's something to consider. And she's looking at it like, yo, I forgave you a hundred times every year for like 10 years of our marriage or every other year, whatever the case may be. You always get caught with a different woman. I forgave you. We continue to build our legacy. We continue to have our family. We continue to move forward. But she like, yo, I get caught with one guy. Not five, not 10, not 15. I get caught with one dude. And all of a sudden, you can't handle it. She's talking to the husband. You can't forgive. She's talking to the husband. And you want a divorce all of a sudden. You're going to break up our family. She's talking to her husband. So that now, you know, we had to think about this as far as, you know, in context, and we got to look at it during this conversation. It's like, yo, how come black men 
are willing to dish it out, but they can't take it. What is it about black men that they can be habitual cheaters, but the minute that the black woman do it, the spouse, the baby mom, the girlfriend, all of a sudden, we got to end the relationship. Where does this double standard come from? Where did it come from? It had to come from somewhere because now it's almost, it's in the culture at this point. Where did we get this from, right? Did we get this from the camp? Did we learn this in the village? Did we learn this in our families? Where did we learn this behavior from? I just want to speak to black women and say this because black women may not know this part. More often than not, sisters, if you get caught up and you're in a relationship and you marry and you step out on your husband, he may not forgive you. And I'm going to give you a few reasons why he may terminate the relationship. Right. And I'm not talking about this in the context of my co-worker anymore. Right. I'm just saying in general, because that's just a snapshot of what happens all the time. Black women got to understand this, though, when it comes to black men. Black men are the weakest people group in the United States. I say it again. The black American man belongs to the weakest people group in the United States of America. But black men have the biggest egos in America. We don't control nothing. We don't own nothing. We don't run nothing. We do not run anything. Nevertheless, we have the biggest egos in the country, right? When it comes to relationships, many of us, black men in America, we learn our first relationship model through religion, right? Not a black American religion, no. We learn our relationship models through Middle Eastern religions. So at the core of us, the way we view relationships is through the lens of Jewish culture slash Christian culture and possibly Islamic culture. Right? We were raised underneath these schools of thought. And when black men are raised and we study these Middle Eastern religions, when it comes to relationships in these religions, in these schools of thought, in these faiths, if you will. The relationship model between a man and woman is structured in such a way that the man is always on top. He's the head. He's the boss. Um, he's running the show. Right. So much so that you can find some of the most highly respected men out of these Middle Eastern cultures and religions. They have 300 wives or 400 wives or 700 wives or something. And they're like the focal point. The man is always the focal point. He's at the top, right? He's he's the head. You can hear that many times when you get in certain religious circles. They say the man is, the, he's the head. They don't tell you that he's the head of what? They don't say he's the head of finances. He's the head of, uh, <laughs> he's the head of educating the children. He's a, They don't really get specific about what he's the head over. But if they can't get nothing right, he's over the head of you. <laughs> he's your boss. He's your head. If they can't get nothing right, they got that part right. He's over you. What that means, it gets real cloudy when you ask them to 
hey, can you press on that a little bit and let me know what that actually means? It gets cloudy. But nevertheless, I'm just over you. So, black women, you got to understand this. You living in America, you living in the United States. When you get in a relationship with a black American man, right? In his inner core, you're not even his equal. You're beneath him. So, you kind of like marrying a husband slash boss almost. He's like a husband slash father figure almost. He's above you. You're not above him. And because he's like a husband slash father figure, he can kind of do what he wants in his relationship. Right? Because you can't really question him. He's the father. He's the father figure almost. He's the boss. And at any job, you as a worker, you can never go and question your boss. You can't go question your head. He's your head. So he can kind of like tell you what to do and how to act and play things and how you should handle yourself. But you kind of can't tell him that it's kind of it's a weird dynamic. Right. Therefore, if you get in a relationship. And you have an outside interest. You're subject as a human to the law of attraction. Now, you're not above it. You're, you're not above the law of attraction. Humans are spiritual beings that have. A physical shell. This shell we walk around is not it's temporary, it's not even real. It's going to fade away one day. The spirit is going to continue, but the shell is going to go away. So we are more spirit beings than fleshly human beings. Physical. We're more spiritual than physical. And in that spiritual realm, there's something called the law of attraction. You can't help who you are attracted to. What we are instructed to do though. Is govern our passions if they become unsafe and unnatural. This is when we are taught to have a higher form of thinking to govern our behavior when they become unsafe, unhealthy, and unnatural. Right? Now, many of us that have the knowledge of self, right? The messenger told us that a righteous man or a civilized man is one with knowledge, wisdom, understanding, culture, and refinement, and is not a savage in the pursuit of happiness. That means we we are in the pursuit of happiness, but we're going to do it the right way. So we just in this pursuit. Now, since we are civilized, when one with knowledge of self, when he takes on a wife. I don't take on a wife or I did not take on a wife for her to be like I'm over her, like I'm her boss or something. I view my union of over 20 years as we are complementary partners in this journey that we call life. We're co-partners in it together. I'm not above you. You're not above me. But the universe gave us roles. There's roles that you can do as a woman that I cannot do. But there's roles as a man that I can do. That you cannot do. Right. I can't have a cycle. The universe didn't give me that role. You know. I can't birth children. The universe didn't give me that role. The universe gave you that role. You see how that works. We have different roles. But you are a co-partner of mine. In this journey that we call life. And as a husband. My job as a husband. Is to provide. Protect. And instruct. This journey in life as we pursue happiness. I'm not here as your husband 
to be a stumbling block or an obstacle for you as my wife to try to have an experience that's natural. That's not my position to do that. That's not what a husband is here for. I can also say that's not what a woman job is either, but I don't like to get into what a woman's supposed to do and what she don't supposed to do because I'm not a woman. I've never been a woman. I don't know. And I think it's important that our community, we let the women teach the women folk. But as a man, men can teach men. Men can sharpen men, right? Because diamond sharpens diamonds, right? As a man, as a husband, again, I, I got to say it again. It is not my job to be an obstacle for my wife not to do things that's natural. It's my job to provide, protect, and instruct. So instructions is not barking. Instructions is a way of life. It's how you sow the seed. And I think it really strange for a person to come in a relationship and sow the seeds of outside interest. And when those very seeds grow up in his home, it's a problem all of a sudden. But he sowed the seeds in the very beginning. Right. And I'm and, you know, while we having this conversation, it might be more appropriate for me to say it this way. You know, um, Everybody can define their own marriage because it's theirs. It's not. We just having a conversation. right? I'm just asking, though, during this conversation that when is it OK for a man to cheat throughout his marriage or have an outside interest? And it's not OK for the woman to do it with the exception of the religious undertone. It's your marriage. You can make have you can have your marriage like you want. But I think it's kind of like it's kind of weird to me, though, that, man, I mean, it's like. It's like a reoccurring thing. Like the man can do whatever he want and sleep with how many women he want during the marriage. He can sleep with how many women he want. And the minute that the woman does it, it's all of a sudden it's a death penalty. This must be and it should be the end of this relationship. I think that's crazy. That's not going to never make sense to me. And I'm encouraging black women that if you want to be in a relationship with a black man, what you're going to have to expect is that if he was born and raised and homegrown in the United States, you're not his equal. He had a whole religious institution of beliefs that you're not his equal. Right. See, because what 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 happens is this. You're taught that, OK, man and a woman is in a relationship together. They're in a union. They're married. Right. What happens is that five years later, you're in the marriage. Everything is going great. And I'm talking about your wife is giving you everything that you need. And as a uh, husband, you're giving everything your wife needs. Right. So you guys are fully committed to each other, loving to each other. Along the way, your wife finds an outside interest and then she makes that connection with an outside interest. Somebody had to teach you that that's not okay. Right? She's not mistreating you as a husband. She cooks for you. She's still able to make love to you. She's loving on the kids. She's holding the household up. Everything that you can write down on a piece of paper. If you had to jot down the 10 most important things that you want to have a spouse. She's doing all 10 successfully. But on her quote unquote free time. She just want to hang out with Buddy. 
Somebody taught you that that's grounds for death penalty. Somebody taught you that that's grounds for termination of a marriage. I can hear some of you guys now. Man, V, it sure sounds like you pushing open marriage on black folks. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm doing. No, I'm not pushing open marriage on black folks. I'm pushing open communication between spouses, right? That's the agenda that I'm pushing. Open communication. I'm also pushing that a man, that a husband should be in the mission of providing, protecting, and instructing for his wife and his children. That's what I'm pushing. I'm not pushing open marriages because, see, there's a lot of you guys already in open marriages. You just don't know it. Right? You just don't know it. Hey, yo, dig this. You know, it's a reason why I chose this scenario to talk about this topic because, see, there's certain industries that women work in that men are going to be there with them and they're going to be attracted to them. Retail industry, customer service, education, right? You got to know that these teachers are dating these other teachers. I mean, nobody's that blind. These manufacturing jobs, these plants, these chemical plants, these post offices, these hospitality industries, there are always going to be industries where men and women work together. So now how do we handle, because we know so little about how to handle things based on the way we were raised as black men and the way we were taught about relationships through religion as black men, right? So we don't know how to even like go into relationships because it's not really taught to us. So if you get a bunch of black men, black fathers, black husbands, you get us all together and you're saying, what is the appropriate age it should be for our children to start dating? Is it 15, 16, 17? Everybody got a different answer. What is the appropriate age? Everybody got a different answer. What is the appropriate age for your children to be able to date unattended in a house by themselves? Is it 16, 17, 18? Everybody got a different answer, right? If you ask many of us black men, fathers, husbands, if you ask us, okay, how do you handle your wife having an interest in another man outside of you? Just an interest. How do you handle that? That's grounds to jump up and terminate the relationship. Even though in this very same relationship, everything that you want, need, and desire, you're receiving from your partner. And vice versa. Same thing go for women. What do you do to a man that he's loving you, providing, protecting you? He's a great example in your household. He have an outside interest. Like what happens then? See, we're not taught how to handle that. So since we are not taught how to handle that, what we do is we become dishonest. We become sneaky. Right? We become... Uh, what the uh, the rappers say out of Memphis, everything goes down in the DM now. Nothing is on the front wall. Everything is in the DM. Everything is quiet. It's hush us. It's on the down low, as they used to say back in my generation. It's on the down low. Man, I can't be, you know, I can't be with no wife, man. And somebody, another man knocking my wife down. Hey, man, he been knocking your wife down anyway. 
You just don't know about it. I can't have no man that's stepping out on me, running around with Sally Sue and all that. Hey, JoJo been running around with Sally Sue anyway. Now, when are we going to get to a point where we come and sit down and have communication and say, I love you, you love me, but yo, I do like Sally Sue a little bit on the low. On the low, I like a little bit. I like to hang out with her. I want to kick it with her. And then you look me in the eye and say, hey, baby, I love you with all my heart, but I like Jamarcus. Jamarcus is a cool guy. He dressed nice. He smelled nice. He wanted to just take me out to lunch. I don't know. I just, I like the guy too. Or are we going to hold our feelings back, not say nothing about nothing, and live double lives? Because that's what it looks like we've been doing, just living double lives. And in this double life situation, the man is still on top. Because he can fall back on a religion or fall back on society saying, hey, I can have 10 to 15 to 20 women outside of my wife and I'm still Mr. Johnson, Mr. Jackson. I'm still Mr. Williams. But if you do it, you're going to be everything outside a child of God. So if it makes sense to anybody, you would think it's time for women to come to that table and we're going to have to renegotiate these terms because these terms are just not right. But I don't see a lot of sisters doing it. right. So we are where we are. But one thing about life we all know is that there's no guarantees. So if we're willing to terminate a marriage because this woman is doing everything she's supposed to do, right? Everything she's supposed to do. But if you terminate the relationship because she has an outside interest, there's nothing to guarantee you that the next woman that you pick, she won't do the same thing. See, there's no guarantees. There's no guarantees. But if you want to ask me, I think that the black man has a lot of audacity to act like in any shape, form, or fashion he wants to leave the black woman his wife. You got a lot of audacity, bro. I don't think black men in America, we have earned the right to even consider leaving our spouses if we have one. We created a dilemma down in our own neighborhoods that all the women in our own neighborhoods, 72% of them is walking around as single parents. That means when a man do decide to take a wife of his own in America, he's taking on a family that's already there because nine times out of ten, she's a single mom and he got to kind of go in and take over the responsibility of her and the child from day one. He got the audacity. He got the right to jump up and say, nah, man, what no woman better not do in his relationship. We should be quiet. Black man talking about you going to leave because. You got the right to leave anything? We in bad shape. Sisters, we in bad shape. We in bad shape, man. Sisters and y'all in bad... Slim pickings for y'all. Biggest ego in the country. He gonna provide the less with the biggest ego. You in bad shape. You in bad shape. Because what it looks like now is this. This is the whole dynamic that's changing. Because we got we in these relationships and it's a double standard, right? It's a double standard. And they got it so set up that women, black women in America, in their marriages now, it looks like she's almost like it's an oppressive kind of relationship. She can't say what she really feel. She can't say what she really think. 
her passions, her desires is not really important. His passions, his desires, his drives, everything that's got, I mean, whatever the man got in the relationship, in the marriage, it takes first priority all the time because he was taught, hey, he's the head. So everything ride on you. Everything ride on you. You got to keep it to yourself now. It's just riding on you. Whatever you feel, we may get around to it in the relationship. Whatever you think, we may get around to it in the relationship. Don't really matter. It's riding on you. You're the person in the passenger side of the car. You just can't say nothing. You riding alone. You can't say nothing. This is your head. Who are you going to tell? He's your head. He's in charge. <laughs> God damn. God damn. It's a cold world out here, man. I just, you know, when I, I heard about that such a scenario, I wanted to tell her, I was like, nah, I want to be like, sis, it's over. You stepped out. Brother, how old is y'all again? In y'all 20s? When y'all first got married, you in your early 30s now? Shh. He's still deep in that ego. It's, it ain't going to work. It ain't going to work. He'll throw his whole family away to prove a point. That's a black American man. Yeah, I know you forgave him. You can forgive him a hundred times. Yeah, you can. He's not going to do that with you. He's ahead. He's been taught all his life he's ahead and you beneath him. So since you already beneath him, when you make a mistake, it's bigger than when he made it because see, you already at the bottom. See, if I'm above you and I'm your head and I make a mistake, it takes me harder for me to fall because I'm your head anyway. I'm at the top. I'm the, I'm I'm your head. Now, if I'm your co-partner, see, we both can rise and fall at the same time. You can judge me like I judge you. The communication got to be stronger now because we're see we're co-partners now. We're co-partners now. That's different. We're co-partners in a journey of life, and my job. Is to provide, protect, and instruct as we are in this journey in the pursuit of happiness. So I should only be an obstruction to you if you're trying to do something unhealthy, unsafe, and unnatural. Unnatural. You like the pigs in the backyard. You're looking at that horse a little harder than you're supposed to. You're looking at that dog a little harder than you're supposed to. you looking at another woman harder than you're supposed to. This is unnatural. These are things I'm supposed to be getting in front of. But anything that's not unnatural, I'm just here to provide, protect, and instruct. That's it. And for many black men, that's your position as a husband. That's hard to swallow. Because once we figure out our only job is to provide, protect, and instruct, that's going to tear down a lot of things in a lot of ways that we've been doing things for years. And we like it the old way because the old way we can get what we want. Which means while we're getting what we want, that black woman is going to remain in an oppressive state in a relationship with us and eventually somebody got to break that cycle 
Peace and black power to your family. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you guys for hanging out, man. Real Black Content is the Podcast. Big VJ, man. I get it with you guys later. Peace.